I'm Neil Osborne, and welcome to the Get to Yes podcast, where I teach, coach, consult, and speak on selling in the hair, beauty, and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients, or be they B2B salon owners or B2C salon and clinic clients, that being pushy just doesn't work? Talking doesn't work. However, asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion. Our belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater results, gain that recognition you're yearning for, or maybe even just learn that selling can be fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode on our podcast. And today, you're in for a very special treat yet again. I have a fantastic hairdresser to talk to us today, a business owner. Her name is Wendy Young, and her business is called The Hairdresser uh, at Greenwich here in Sydney. And uh, Wendy's going to share with us some points of view about how uh, she's been working with us. Yes, that's right, us, salespeople. So uh, with that, uh, welcome. Welcome, Wendy. How are you this morning? Hi, good. Yeah, excellent. Good. It's lovely. Okay, um, just to kick off, Wendy, and just to help everyone get a little bit of an understanding as to perspective and you know where your business uh, sits uh, overall, um, give us a little bit of an idea as to where your business is located and, and maybe how long you've been there. Okay, Neil. Yeah, um, well, Greenwich is the lower North Shore in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful little sort of pocket about 15 kilometres from the city. Okay. And um, I've been there for at the hairdresser for 30 years and, um, yeah, it's a... Great little, you know, business area. Um, We have 10 staff and most of them have been there for well over 15 years. Okay. So it's, yeah. With uh, just a question about the staff, um, out of that 10, does that include yourself as well? Yes. Okay. And So, you know, like it fluctuates, you know, up and down depending on salon assistants or apprentices. But, yeah, roughly we've averaged 10 over the last... 30 years, I find what makes a good business model is once you've reached seven staff, yeah. it becomes profitable. I think it's too hard to, to work in a salon under seven. Right. Um, and all of us work a four-day week because I strongly believe you need to have a life outside of work. I love and that. Or by having a four-day week, we have very little sick leave. Yes. Because people aren't getting stressed with work and stuff that they need to be doing outside of, you know, appointments outside of work. So by having a four-day week, they have that perfect work-life balance. That is absolutely brilliant. I speak to many salon owners, as you can appreciate, and one of the challenges they find is is not only attracting good quality staff but keeping them. And uh, I really commend you because creating a lifestyle today is I think very much what a lot of people aspire to. Yeah, and quite often they can be more productive working less hours. Yes. yes. Um, and it just works. And I look at it and I go, well, if I was employed, what would I want? Yeah, spot on. By yeah. somebody. How many days do you trade? Uh, how many days? Um, six days. Six. Right. So you do a full six. Saturday? Yeah. Um, Saturday, 8.30 till 3, very civilised yeah. hours. You know. Yeah, good, good on no, you. No, but you can be open longer, but all you're doing is stretching out your days. So yes. you can achieve a lot by mm. just working it right. The main thing is we also have two receptionists. Ah, okay. So, and they job share. So the receptionists are like the ringleader. 
of the salon. You know, they just make it work. Yeah. yeah. Without receptionists, I don't think our business would be as successful as it is. Right. Because you can't rely on the apprentice to answer the phone and make appointments and know the clientele. You know, well, yeah. up and a receptionist that's been there for 15 years goes, oh, no, Mrs Smith, I think, you know, you'll be perfectly happy having Sue do your hair because Michelle's busy, you know, mm-hmm. at this appointment time and they'll be perfectly happy to go with the recommendation of the professional receptionist, not just yeah. a fill-in girl. Yeah, because the other thing is, is stacking the appointment book can be a real challenge for someone who doesn't understand the business. It, it's like a jigsaw puzzle and yeah. you want that puzzle to be complete every day. You don't want to see holes in your jigsaw. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, that's unproductive time, yeah. yeah. Very unproductive. So, you know, we can see within half an hour if somebody cancels out, that appointment will be filled. We have a, a waiting list. Yep, good. And we confirm our appointments one to two days ahead. Yep. And you'll always get a 5% dropout. Mm-hmm. But with that 5% dropout, those on the waiting list get in. Oh, beautiful. So rarely would we have a day where we have gaps. Yeah. And uh, those receptionists, so Wendy, do you employ hairdressers for those roles? Or no, 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 just receptionists. Beautiful. They don't need to be hairdressers. They need to understand people and they need to be more analytical, mm. not creative. Yeah, yeah. No. Really important. Well done. And obviously you use software um, these days rather than the... Yeah, we have a shortcuts software program and um, that, you know, is fantastic. Yes, it's a very comprehensive program. I was just interested because I quite often get asked uh, by people that are looking to move to that next level and uh, start to think about having the receptionist as to whether they should be a hairdresser or not. Yeah, no, and a lot of people go, oh, my God, I can't afford receptionists. And it's like you can't afford not to have them. Especially when they're trained well um, and know the business and, like you said, stack the appointment book well. Exactly. They take care of all the ordering and yep. stock control so you yep. know if you've got, you know, a 10% disappearance of your stock. Yes. You know, I think a lot, the average stay of a hairdresser is 12 months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for us, we're well above, you know, the, yeah. the average because they, they stay a lot longer but they also have a neutral ground to go to. So the receptionist puts out all the fires before... Yeah chaos happens. Yes, yeah, spot on. So, yep. You know, I think half of the stuff that goes on I wouldn't see until it's critical mm-hmm. and they can't deal with it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to be bothered with all of that. I just want to be creative and on the floor and work Yep. and not have to worry about the ordering and, yes, and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing clients in and out takes at least five to ten minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. See that client out, recommend them their product and make their future appointments. Mm-hmm. But if you're rushed, that client is going to leave going, oh, they don't really care about me, they're on to the next person. That's exactly right. And, and today the customer service side of things is just becoming so important, isn't it? It's everything. Yeah. It is everything. You yeah. know, sometimes I have to make a phone call out the back or get one of the apprentices to make a phone call out the back to the reception desk up the front just to relieve the poor receptionist from the client that's <laughs> doesn't want to leave. You know, just stand at the front desk talking for 20 minutes. Yeah. So I have to just, you know, we know when to rescue them. But yeah. the clients love the receptionists sometimes more than the hairdressers, I think. Well, it just rounds out the whole relationship. It does. It? it does. And it's about the experience of, of coming in to a team of people, not just to mm. one single person. Yeah. And, um, you know, what would you say your business is most well known for? Is it a style of work? Is it a, is it a culture? It's, is it a... It's consistency. Yeah. They know that they're going to come in, they're going to be greeted, they're going to be um, get what they want, mm. and 
it's consistent. We all have the same training. So like when we do education, everybody follows through with the same educator. So we know where we're all at and we have the same language, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about that education. Sorry, when you say follow. So when we do education from apprentices to senior hairdressers, the apprentices will go and do their education and we'll do our education in two separate workshops but with the one educator. Ah. So we're learning the same method and same techniques. Yep. Because you don't want to, you know, say, oh, Mrs Jones here today has, you know, the glad wrap technique. Yep. And you don't want to stand there and explain a technique like a training session, yes. instantly that other hairdresser knows exactly what's going on. Yep, yep. And even sectioning patterns, you know, you, ha- you have names for different things, yes. sectioning patterns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody will say, oh, what haircut did you do last time? And you'll go, oh, we did the tulip. Oh, great. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and do that. Yep. Whereas you don't go, okay, well, we take the section out the top, then we do the sides, <laughs> then we do the back, then we graduate up through the front. Mm-hmm. So it's about having consistency yeah. and That's- everybody understanding the same language. That's a really powerful word in our industry because it's one thing I notice most about businesses that aren't working well are inconsistent. Yeah. With, with their staff, with their approach to work, even their attitude to their own. Even recommending products. Yes, down There's to that. Nothing yes. worse than somebody coming in going, oh, you need this, you know, this will fix everything. And then somebody else coming in doing her next time going, oh, no, you need this because this is going to. So what is important too is if we're doing somebody else's regular client, we will look on their history to find out what products they have been using and follow it through and go, oh, Celia, I see you've been using the new Body Lux shampoo. You know, how are you going with it? Mm -hmm. So they know instantly, oh, great, she feel comfortable, she knows what I'm using. Relaxed, yeah. And it's relaxed. Yeah, yeah. The client doesn't want to have to make those decisions or answer those questions. What are you using at home? They think it's a test. Oh, my God, am I going to be in trouble if I answer the wrong (laughs) Don't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, you you see them instantly tense up. So they don't know what they use. They just use what you've given them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's really powerful. And uh, that word consistency just resonates so strongly. It's something that I think a lot of young up-and-coming hairdressers really need to think about. Uh, Yeah. Because that's the way we build a clientele. That's the way we build trust. Yeah, look, you know, I have to say, you know, probably over 50% of our clients would have been coming to us for over 20 years. Wow. So you've got, you know, three and four generations. Mm. And Mm. I think that's what's really important. It's not just the clients that just come on trend or on discount or on some special package once or twice, never to be seen again. Yes. I feel it takes three visits from a client to become a lifetime client. Yeah, yeah, to turn from a customer to a client. Exactly, yeah. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, you know, being in in the same place for for a long time also, you know, does help. It does indeed. And I think, you know, along the North Shore of Sydney, for example, and and some other suburbs around other capital cities, there are pockets where those sort of patterns evolve and they work very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Very well indeed, So, uh, which which is really lovely. Okay, well, thanks for sharing all of that. I think our listeners will find some of those comments uh, very interesting and quite thought-provoking. Um, yeah. To maybe now change gears a little bit, um, one of the questions I put to you was talking to you about your experience with company uh, representatives and things of that nature because uh, that's an area that I like to delve into and my goal in this space, Wendy, is to help 
help my audience and help sales reps in our industry yes. get to understand selling owners better. And by doing that, I, I like to hope that we can offer you a better level of service and understanding of your business and therefore, you know, a greater level of conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I gave you a list of 15 different behaviours. Yeah, you did. You but, did. And I could pick three from it, I suppose, that stand out mm. mostly with me. Okay. The top one is product knowledge with also consistency of the different reps and the educators and, you know, the whole team of that company following through with the same information on product knowledge. Like Mm -hmm. I find when a rep comes out to me, I want to pick their brains as to how I can maximise a product and use it to its best for the client and ideas. But Mm -hmm. if that rep doesn't know enough about the product knowledge and just goes, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to get such and such to call you about that instantly, I'll walk away yep. and you've lost me totally because you need to know your product knowledge. If you're selling a product, you need to know about it. Yeah, I, I the, couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we need to uh, maybe share with our audience here, Wendy, is that um, for those that are listening that aren't hairdressers, You've got to understand that when a salesperson brings a product into a hairdresser, a hairdresser doesn't just look at it as a product, it's a tool. Well, it can be a multi, like the, yeah, the the product can be, you know, multiple colour ranges. And mm. it's like, well, why would I go with this colour range as opposed to another colour range? And yes. what's it going to give me? Can we mix the two ranges together? Yes. Are we using it the right way? Or mm. why mm. are we getting this result? I think, you know, the rep needs to know you know, that information. They also need to be aware of what you're ordering and what you're not ordering mm-hmm. and um, and see the, the highs and lows. Like if you've sort of loved a product and instantly you've stopped it, well, question as to, well, why? Because quite often if a product's not being used properly, it can't be sold. Like well, you're not one of our all-time favourite products mm-hmm. was discontinued mm-hmm. and I strongly believe it was because nobody showed anybody how to use it properly. But this product was the one magic product that I basically said, you know what, give me every single bit of stock you can find. And (laughs) it is like gold. I would say one in three of my clients have it. Oh, wow. And, you know, I must have bought up, you know, 700 pieces of it because it was absolute magic. And all my clients, you know, Two years down the track after it's been discontinued and going into fits, going, my God, what am I going to do without it? Yeah. But yeah. if a product isn't used properly, it'll be discontinued or That's it. just sit on your shelf. But sometimes there's a lot to be gained by just your product knowledge. Yeah. And we all, also, we quite often see some of the newer people coming into our industry come into the salons and not have that level of knowledge. And that's... Yes said it totally uh, breaks down the whole credibility doesn't it yeah yeah totally totally Um, good personality Mm -hmm. is also a huge you know like if somebody comes in on on a buzz or a high it's like wow great you know she's really really pumped loves her job you know for instance the other day we had a girl coming in selling a scissors and you know scissors are about six hundred dollars so this company first, no, they couldn't show me what I wanted. I had to pay for them and then they had to order them in from Japan. Ooh. Fine, okay, we did that. But then one of the other girls was unsure. So three times during this girl finally delivering our scissors to us after two weeks and having paid for them, 
She then makes three separate phone calls or takes the phone and walks out whilst this other hairdresser is concerned about the quality of the scissor. So she didn't say, look, here, give them back to me. I'll see what I can do. It's, well, if you don't like them, post them back. And I thought, you know what? For $600, you would expect a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So... Sue got online and, you know, because she got the email from the company and said, you know, are you satisfied with your purchase? And she went, well, actually, no. Mm -hmm. And it was only until then that obviously the head of the company or the boss had read it and Mm -hmm. he said, we will send somebody out to you tomorrow. Right. When the rep came out again, she did the same thing on the phone. It's like she walks into the salon and then walks out on the phone and so like, oh, you're really not worth doing business. My God. You know, and I think a lot of people just have to be, you know, every single client is important. Absolutely. And, you know, we've been dealing with this company for years, you know, yeah. buying plenty of scissors from them. But I was just a bit, would I go back next time? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. It really leaves a bad taste in your mouth because we're in the service business. And totally. if we- if we don't get the service, it just stands out so obviously in our minds because we fuss over clients all day, every day. You know, yeah. Part of yeah. So, um, wow, that's that's a big one. That's a big one yeah. because these uh, phones these days never leave our sides. Exactly. And I think we just have to learn to just put them down and they don't have to control everything. That's spot on. That's very true. That's yeah. a very, very good point. Was there anything else on that list that popped up for you? Um, let me just have punctuality. It's, look, punctuality is is another one. I think if we make an appointment um, for education or for the reps, quite often the hairdressers are busy. I'm fortunate enough that the reps come in, they deal with the receptionists because yep. I believe there are certain jobs that the receptionists need to do and that I need to do. Yep. So the receptionists take care of a lot of the, the ordering and the stock control. So I feel... I don't need to be interfering in that because they're the ones at the end of the day see what sales go out and what product is moving off the shelf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but if we're or if we've got a training session that we mark off three hours of the day for, and that they the educator or the rep doesn't show up for, that costs us a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I lose a lot of credibility for that company. So that's when I look elsewhere. Okay, that's a big yeah. one. I mean, time management has always been an issue in our industry for many, many years because hairdressers are notorious for running late. Exactly. <laughs> and I have to say, we never run late. Good on it's you. It's like, you know, when you've got the receptionists, it's like they just don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's and and with a good receptionist, you can't run late. Yeah, spot on, yeah. I, uh, I remember many years ago I had a hairdresser um, when I was a business coach say to me, you know, um, can I charge a rep? Um, maybe the price of a haircut, seeing she didn't show up for my appointment with her, because <laughs> that's what she oh. took out of my pocket. And I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah wouldn't that be nice?" But uh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think she was very successful somehow. <laughs> no, no, exactly. But I think a lot of people don't realise that you know, you, we're a small business. We're in that space. We we only can sell that hour once. Yes, and you know, like if you're punctual and you have a good personality, yep. you'll buy anything. Like you know, we had a we had a sales rep a few years back that. Honestly, whenever she walked in the door, she was gorgeous. She acknowledged all the staff, not just me. Yeah. Acknowledging all the staff is really important. Remembering names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's amazing how many times I've had, you know, some of the other girls at work going, oh, she doesn't even know me. She just walks straight past me. Yeah. 
And, you know, the staff are the ones that are selling the products at the end of the day. That's it. So they don't just have to win over the boss. They need to win over the whole team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But this rep, you know, she'd walk in and basically I would just say, you tell me what I need. And I would just order it because I believed in her. Mm -hmm. She knew her product and she offered ideas of how to sell the product, how to take it up to the next level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it was gold. You know, you sort of, she was very, very productive. Mm. When you say tips to to help sell, was it uh, usage tips or language tips? Um, just information also sharing of, of what other salons did, like when, you know, doing a, a conditioning treatment, just the simple adding of a hot towel yep. or during okay. winter get, you know, a bean bag, like a hot bean bag, warm up some hot beans and just okay. lay it over the chest with a blanket. Yeah, okay. so nice little it, things. It like lifts that. it yep. to more of a level of luxury rather than just conditioner being slopped on the hair. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, just little little things that make a difference. Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, one of the areas that I specialise in these days is actually in the languaging side of things. Yes. Uh, is helping people uh, build trust quickly by the words they use. Oh, definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. Like I always find yeah. looks well for me when I'm trying to sort of get around, um, you know, trying to encourage somebody to have a new look. Yes, you know? exactly right. Yeah, you it pick is. the right words and they'll do, they'll, they'll go, okay, fine, change yep. it. That's it. Spot on. I agree. Yeah. Now, moving on a little bit further and talking to you more as a business owner, do you feel that the owners of premium salons like yours may have slightly different needs to maybe from the salesperson? No, I think, as I said before, everybody is the same, yep. whether you're small, big, whatever. It's like everybody should be treated the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, different needs. It's just the larger you are, the more expenses you have. It's just multiplied. It but is. The smaller you are, you still have the relatively same amount of expenses, but everything is, yeah, I just, no, I I doubt that there would be a huge difference because quite often, I think for our business, people look at it and you go, oh, yeah, it's just a little salon in Greenwich, but they don't realise how successful it is. So you shouldn't. Yeah, judge anybody, define anybody from small to big as in the the size of their business. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think sometimes, you know, the larger the business, obviously, the larger the overheads. Like so many people go to me, why don't you open up more salons or move to a bigger space? And I go, well, by doing that, I'm just multiplying my costs. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have a good formula, whether it's small or large, you, you stick to it and the business works. Small and profitable is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You can control it. Thank you so much. And it's the second salon that normally brings most people unstuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel if you're not there, it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Passion doesn't ca- get carried through. So. No. With retail and without mentioning much about brands per se, but do you tend to direct your team into a particular part of the business um, from your retail? Do you have a preference, in other words? No, but I feel if one of the team is strong about a product, mm-hmm. it will follow through the rest of the team. Everybody wants what somebody else has. So if somebody's using a product over and over and over again, they go, oh, I want that. Yep, yep. And, you know, recently we got a new amazing treatment in the salon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's how the client hears somebody else selling it that it becomes infectious. Yes. And, you know, like 
the other day I had a client that's not normally my client that came in and she said, you know, she's been to the salon, oh, probably longer than I've been there, over 30 years. Mm. And um, she said to me, Wendy, can I try that new treatment? And I said, hasn't anybody offered you that yet? And she goes, no. And I go, oh, my goodness, well, you know, let me do it for you today. And because she had heard me and the other girls go on to all the other clients about Mm -hmm. this amazing new treatment, but people took her for granted because she's a regular and they think, oh, no, she won't want to to buy or afford this treatment. But what a lot of the staff don't realise is, like, she might not look as though she can afford it, Mm-hmm. but she can well and truly, yeah. <laughs> like she's, you know, like I got so annoyed about that that I did mention to the staff, you know, you just don't judge anybody. Everybody deserves and to be offered That's it. the same treatment. Don't just think, oh, no, that they won't want it or they can't afford it. And as long um, as we as, long as, we as, as a hairdresser are comfortable in the no, getting a no, because that's, yes. that's okay. Um, yeah, and I think what sells a product too is a story behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People love stories, but I think if, if anybody's using something and having results with it, everybody else will follow. Yeah, yeah. My mum um, was, a, was a hairdresser and she used to always tell me a story that uh, she said, Neil, do you ever want to work out which clients a salon is going to lose next? All you have to do is go out to the old appointment cards, you know, the old record cards. Yes, with. yeah. And she said, and just look through them and as soon as you see as above, pull it out. Because that's, oh, that's so word. true. Remember that? So true. Used to always yeah. write as above, you know. Yes. And or never, or never recommending them a, a product. Yeah, yeah. Never giving them the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how many people say yes when we make a suggestion. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. But you must put the product in front of them. Yes. And as soon as a client has touched that product, mm-hmm. they've bought it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you 100% on that one. That's a very subtle but important point. Oh, totally. There's nothing worse than somebody going to the product trolley, using a product and putting it back on the trolley and the client has no idea what they've got on their hair. It's like the best kept secret, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's like, what for? It Insane. Good. Yeah, it is. Insane. Uh, we could talk for many hours about that yes. one. Um, yes. I'm passionate that space. Um, just to conclude, though, if I could just wrap off with a final question. At your level of business at the moment, what yep. was your most pressing business issue at the moment? What's, what's on? Well, what's at the on? moment, I'm trying to decide, I, and it's probably not relevant to, you know, this, but whether to, to change from a sole trader to a business. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So that's very different. To, that's probably, honestly, that's probably my most pressing mm thing at the moment but for many listeners that would also be relevant for some yeah. of the clients because that's a part of uh, growth it's a part of taxation it's a part of you know considering a family trust to protect your assets I mean these are all things that are huge and and you look at how much you know tax you end up paying and as a company you know you pay less yes but you have more other expenses as a sole trader you get away with you know Doing lighter load, so lighter load, yes. So Mm. that's probably the next pressing step of the business. But Mm. as in the the rest of the business, it's look, it's a good model, it works well. I think just being honest with yourself and with your staff, being open with your staff, yeah, yeah, you know, I think that's really important. Um, finding the good ones and keeping the good ones is 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 hard, and you need to treat them with respect, don't you? Oh, totally, totally, yeah. My mum used to throw perm rods at me (laughs) (laughs) when I was doing something wrong in the old days. But anyway, you know, that's 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 changed now. Yeah. But, yeah, look, uh, it's like um, 
I suppose they say a lot of the younger ones are harder to manage. But, you know, if you actually adopt your... They're not hard to manage. It's just it's just working with them. And I think we, we sort of take them for granted a bit. Yep. You know, like they're not hard to manage if you feed them the the knowledge and the, you know, like they, they're so keen to learn. Mm. Um, and it's just learning their language, I suppose. It's a very different way of doing things. Yeah. And, you know, everything, it's, it's not what it used to be. You know, we have to just move with the times and, and change to, to new ways of sort of, I suppose, dealing with another generation. I mean, like when we went through, it was the same thing. You know, the older people go, oh, this younger generation. But I just think with, with every generation, they, they just come with a whole new, you know, wonderful world of ideas and ways of doing things. But if we didn't have that next generation coming through, we just, we wouldn't have a business. I think the, the biggest shift for me that I've observed is when I grew up uh, years ago, um, you were expected to adjust to compliment the owner. In other words, you know, the owner went, look, this is the way we're going, just get on get on board. We're now. Yeah, yeah. For me, the change has been, it's now the reverse. And that yes. is we as owners need to be more pliable, more flexible, more understanding and make an effort to understand those coming up. And when I work with the owners who do that, I see a greater synergy. Yeah, there's a you know a level of of respect, um, and they're not afraid to talk to you, you know. Or yep. it is it is different. Mm. Is it better? I think it is. But you know, they've. It's just you know we're getting older. They're coming through as the the next generation. We just yeah adjust, yeah. adapt, and that's it. And you yeah. you need to adjust and, and adapt, um, or you get left behind. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know we could use technology as a very good uh, metaphor in that space. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the old story. You've got to adjust and get on with it. So thank you for your time. I know that you you've got a busy life. Um, thank and, you. And I really appreciate it. And uh, a special thank you to one of my clients for putting you forward. And um, yeah, they I know will also be very interested in um, listening to your points of view. So. Um, lovely. Again, on behalf of all our listeners, thank you and thank you very much for your time. It's been a really lovely conversation. Okay. Thanks, Neil. I'll speak to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.